0: Welcome to the Lost Then Found Podcast. This is a space where we discuss life, share truth, and gain an encouraging perspective, no matter our season or our circumstance. I am your host, China Vogel, and this is a peek into my personal journey of being lost, then found. so glad that you are here today. Uh, We are diving in. I felt like the Lord really gave me a passage of scripture, but it kind of made me think about this story from the other day where, um, like I have shared, I've got two toddlers. I've got a three-year-old Zella and two-year-old Lina. And so bath time at this age, at this stage, we just do it all together, all at once. Um, And so we get all the toys out. We've got tugboats and we have little spinny things that suction cup to the wall and um every once in a while we'll get crazy and do like tub crayons moms if I can just give a word of advice steer clear of those unless you want to be scrubbing your tub for a while they at least for my tub have been uh they're fun in the moment but they're not fun afterwards for for a mom to be cleaning up so anyway so we get all the toys out and the girls are, are in the tub and they're playing and We have these little plastic boats, right? And so they come in various sizes. So they stack and, and the, uh, I don't know if I've done a bath time outside of them being a newborn where I don't get absolutely drenched in the process, even though I'm not the one taking the bath. Sometimes I think life can feel like we're the the little boat and we're in a tub with some toddlers (laughs) and inevitably the water's really rough. And uh, it can really feel like we're getting tossed around. I know I have felt this way at times where I feel up and then I feel down. And that can even be from like 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. But I can be up. I can be down. I can feel so inconsistent. I can feel so all over the place. And really that ends up begging the question of, man, how how can I not experience that? Because none of us want to. Uh, But the reality is, is that that's life, right? There's going to be really good stuff. And there's going to be times when we feel like the tugboat. And there's actually a deeper question there that I wanted to post today. And that is how do I become steady? Or in my husband's words, how do I get a bigger boat? Uh, My husband, I've heard him use that with other people. He has used that with me when he's just been a listening ear, but you know if we feel like we're on the open sea and like we're getting tossed around and it's really hard a bigger boat would make some of those waves feel a lot smaller so how do i become steady and i know especially early on in my walk but even even up until now i know that there are people that i look at and i look up to and i think how <laughs> i see you you know even if it's from a distance i see you i see your life or or even fragments of your life, and you seem so constant. You seem really unshaken by the things that are going on around you. Um, And something that I ended up learning pretty early on, especially as I got closer in proximity to some of those people, is that it's not that they don't experience the storms and they don't experience the waves. Actually, it's probably more the contrast that even if we as the um, person looking onto their life don't see the storms that they've gone through, the I'd put a lot of money on it that if there's someone who you see that is steady, they probably have not only experienced those storms, but they've probably experienced a lot of them. And to some extent, they figured out how to be steady. So what can we learn there? How can we get a bigger boat? And you know this uh, past Sunday, so Sundays are early mornings for us. We have Um, as I've shared before, we have a a campus, my husband and I both serve on our worship team. So that means early mornings and, um, really wonderful days, but just, we get up a lot earlier than maybe Monday through Saturday. And so I've still been trying to make it a practice that even though I know that I'm going to church and I'm going to hear the word and I'm going to worship and, um, fellowship with my church family, I still try and make it a priority to get up a little extra early and spend time with the Lord. And I really feel like the Lord deposited this chapter out of Jeremiah in my heart. And so it's Jeremiah two and specifically uh, verses five through six. Here's what it says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of desert and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. So let's break that down. So that is uh, the prophet Jeremiah speaking on behalf of the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to his people, the Israelites. And I think what we're seeing there is that God is speaking to his people and that his people have strayed, that they moved away from God and that they ended up following idols, which led them to being worthless as it's phrased in there. And that, that worthless kind of struck me. And so I dug down on that and it actually doesn't mean maybe what we know it to be of like, Hey, you don't have worth. Cause it's actually quite the opposite that The people of God are his prize, (laughs) that God has an immense amount of value for his people. But instead, what that actually means from the Hebrew root is to act emptily and to become vain. So we're actually handed over to our own vanity in thinking that we don't need God. And in turn, we end up becoming emptied because our idols can't fill us. So later it goes on in verse 13 saying, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, which are broken and cannot hold water. The people of God didn't remember who God had been or even ask where God was now. And in turn, they tried finding their own source for life and provision and safety to find those things in the idols that they created themselves when really only God can provide those things. So the Israelites are historically in a cycle. They were brought out of slavery. And even before that, before they were in slavery, the people of God had turned away. They they turned to their own sin, their own wickedness. And then God would send uh, generally a judge or a king to help lead them or correct them or to warn them. And then the people would turn back. There would be generally a really great revival in the people. And then inevitably the judge would, or the king would move on. They pass away and then we'd be on repeat. (laughs) Uh, And maybe that sounds familiar to you. Maybe you're in this cycle of ups and downs going from feeling like you have traction and vision for your life and knowing that man, God has big things for me to do. And then all of a sudden we are having just a tough time doing the dishes Um, and the reality is, is that we are prone to wander if we don't stay tethered. You know, Romans 121 says for, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and darkened in their foolish hearts. I know it's a common saying that, oh, they're a good person, Uh, but Romans 121 actually kind of pokes that right on the nose. Uh, We are actually foolish (laughs) by nature. We are actually sinful. We are not good in our own right. We are actually wicked. The beauty in that is not to condemn you, but this is actually why we need a savior. This is why we need a God, and we don't just need a savior to save us during an altar call where we feel low and so we cry out to God and he saves us because he does do that. But this is also this very same reason that we need a God who walks with us throughout our days and our weeks and our months and our years. So we get to start creating a practice and trying to remember who God is. And when we remember who he is, we look to him for wisdom and direction and that is what is crucial here because the Israelites forgot who God was. They didn't remember him or look to him. And in turn, they ended up wandering, creating their own idols, looking for their own source, and they became empty in the process. So how can we combat that? And you know, for you, it might look different than it looks for me, but just a few ways that I have found that helped me that helped me to stay tethered to who God is, to not um, be so tossed about by the storms that are going to come because they're going to come. Life is going to be hard. We're not guaranteed ease, but we are guaranteed that he's willing to be with us. So what that looks like, at least for me, is finding ways to remind myself of who he is, who he's been, and to practice that on a regular basis. That can look like practicing gratitude, um, especially, especially if, uh, you find yourself or maybe you, you get discontent with your life, discontent with your home, discontent with the car, discontent with your spouse. And then we end up, even if we don't say it out loud, we buy into this. Well, if only that was different, then that would really, man, that that would help a lot, right? But the reality is, is that all these things that we end up fixing our eyes on, they're going to fade away. But there is one who is constant, who doesn't change, and his goodness has been proven in your past and it will be in your future. And so when we fix our heart on that, we're not as easily tossed when X, Y, and Z go wrong. So practice gratitude, find ways to do that, especially when you find that your heart is starting to give off those warning signals of being discontent. You know, another way would be through worship or through music. And I know for me that when I put on some worship music, put on something that points to Jesus, that helps to lift our gaze up to Jesus about who he is, who he's been, my heart naturally starts to come into alignment with that when I submit to the truth that I'm singing with, that it's not just words, but we let it uh, seep into our soul. And then there's also just the reality that we have the living word of God. So if you have a Bible, if you have the Bible app, that is a great place to start, even if it's just one verse, even if it's a short little snippet, chew on it and it will impact your heart. And then I would say, just going back to that passage about how the people had wandered, how they had created idols. I think that's a call to action for us. And if you have strayed from God, even in this moment, if you say, I don't have like a gold statue in my living room that I'm bowing down to, I would just petition you to allow the Lord to even make it your prayer that God, if I have anything that's an idol in my life, whether I see it or not, God, would you show me it? And would you help me take it down? Because we want him to be king on the throne. That's when it's right. That's when his covering and his blessing is there. That's when we can hear him clearly. That's when we can execute all that he has planned for us is when we're operating under the safety that comes from following his ways. So let God tear down the idol's friend. (laughs) And then finally, something that we're uh, really starting to lean into in our home is focusing on what does a day of rest look like? We call it the Sabbath. Sometimes we call it Shabbat. Either way, it's the same thing but that the Lord commands that his people take a day to rest. And we're learning of what that looks like and even putting some very practical things in place to help us fix our heart on who God is, to remember, no, God, you brought me out of my sin and out of my shame. And you planted me somewhere where I am so much better than I ever could have been on my own (laughs) God that you redeem my life God that even the things that are broken God that you're the God who can restore them and heal them and we call those things to mind all the things that he's done and then even if we're not perfect I am far from perfect but I know who God's been and I can speak in faith over the rest of my life even if I'm not 100% complete yet to say, Lord, I've seen who you are and I know you can be this again. Lord, would you do it again? Help me to trust you. And, you know, I think so often that when we're that little tugboat and we feel like we're up and down and like we can't, we can't even catch our breath long enough to try and feel like we're stabilizing, I think there's a way out of that. But I also think that that can serve as a way to get us distracted. Off of the mission that God has for each and every one of us to do. That can so often distract me from being uh, an effective mom and to do the things that He's called me to do. That that can distract me from thinking about other people and ministering to them because I'm um, being tossed about to and fro. And friend, hear me today. Life is going to be hard, but I do believe that the Lord will give you a bigger boat when you learn and you practice. Remembering who God is. When you learn and practice giving thanks to him for what he's done, and that allows us to operate far above the wind and the waves so we can be all that God has called us to be. So as a final thought, this makes me think of, there's an old hymn called Come Thou Fount. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. And it says, oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. So let your goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God I love. So Lord, here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And that is my prayer for you today. God, I pray that your word would go out. And as it does, God, that it has a way of cutting through even the confusion and the the swirl of life, God, that your word is perfect, that your word is true. And it is useful for correcting and teaching us in the way we should go. And so God, that is our prayer. God, bind our hearts to you. God, Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner, that I'm prone to be going off course if I am not intentional to tether my heart to you. So God, I choose to do that in this moment. God, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would minister to hearts. God, that you would show people the idols in our lives. God, and as you so often do, God, that you are not, um, a bulldozer, but you are gentle and you are kind because, Lord, you care about us and you care about our hearts. But, God, you know what's best for us and you know that what's best for us is that no other name would be exalted in our heart above the name of Jesus Christ. And, God, I pray that as they commit in their heart to look to you, even though we know that we're prone to wander, that you would help us to establish good practices and routines Lord, so we can have the bigger boats, so that way we're not tossed by the wind and the waves, so that we're not emptied. But God, you are the cup that doesn't run dry. You are the living water, and we look to you to be our source today. Pray that you'd bless every person who's listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much again for joining me. I am so glad that you took the time to, to sit with me today. I pray that this minister to you. And as a few reminders, if this touched your heart today, could I ask that you go in, take a second, leave some stars, leave a review, because uh, my heart is that this would encourage and touch people's hearts. And that is how this gets out to people. So if you feel compelled to do so, do it. And also, if the Lord put anybody on your mind as you were listening through today, uh, I would just encourage you to share that. I know so often the Lord speaks to me through um, different podcasts and things that I'm listening to. And so often that's the Holy Spirit who's telling me to pass that on and encourage a friend. So don't miss that. And I will see you back here next Tuesday morning. Love you. Praying you have a blessed week. I'll see you soon.